right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 tonight. And I'm going to preach our seventh message in the series on evaluating your life uh, from God's perspective. You know, what really counts is what God thinks. What really counts is what God knows about our life. And really what counts is what God evaluates as precious and valuable in our life. A lot of times we count things that are really not valuable in God's eyes. We live for the applause of men instead of the applause of God. And we need to please God rather than man. Say amen. And, uh, you know, the sacrifice is, is the seventh um, thing that we uh, measure our life with. The first one was love. The second one was um, communion. The third was intercession. The fourth was joy. How much joy you got measures your spiritual life. How about that? Everybody smile. And then humility. Boy, that really measured. That was a real message that worked my heart over. Uh, humility. And then last week I preached on words. We're, we're measured by our words because our words are from our heart. And from our heart uh, we have thoughts. So all the things you say measures your life. And then tonight, we measure our life, or you measure your life, I measure my life, I put myself in that, uh, by sacrifice. You know, when I think about sacrifice, I think about um, our country, and I think about the sacrifice of the Sinese. And, you know, you always see the big name John Hancock right in the middle of it. And, folks, I don't know if you read our Constitution lately or not, but there's a battle for that. And we ought to be constitutionists. We ought to stay by the book and stay by the Bible and stay by the Constitution because it's based on the Bible. And the signers mutually pledged themselves in, that, in this um, uh, Declaration of Independence that we're going to be preaching about. I'm going to be preaching Sunday morning on a war for the soul of America. The war for the soul of America. Don't miss it. If you can't be here, tune in. But... Um, you know, the, the, the signers paid the price. Uh, their sacrifice showed everyone that it wasn't just a, a name on a document. They sacrificed their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honor for the cause of independence, and shows these men took serious their duty. Uh, and and, and I, got, I got a review of all of them. About Twelve fought in battles as members of state militia. Five were captured in prison during the Revolutionary War. 17 lost their property, and most of them were wealthy plantation owners from British raids. Five lost their fortunes in helping fund the Continental Army and the state militia battles uh, as they battled the Redcoats. And two of the men, uh, and several of them were imprisoned for nine months, one year, and they had to do uh, elaborate trades for, for uh, captives on the British side, have prisoner exchange. But two of them, and one of them uh, is from Georgia, uh, lost their wives because they couldn't protect them uh, while they were in jail. So they gave their families for our independence. That's sacrifice. And so I thank God for our heritage. I think we ought to keep it intact. And folks, there's, a, there's an anarchy movement. There's a, uh, a Marxist movement. There's a communist movement. It's very subtle, and I won't go into that. I'll give it to you later in the sermon uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night, uh, that are, is trying to erode the very fiber of our nation and our very background and our heritage, and it's wicked, and it's, 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 it's divisive, and it's violent. 
And, it's, and what we need to do is pray about this, and we need to have revival. So, amen. But I want you to know that you need to evaluate your life from God's perspective. And over 174 times, uh, the word sacrifice is mentioned in the Word of God. And in Romans chapter 12, in particularly, in verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, a living dead thing, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How many thank God for the will of God? I thank God that I'm in the will of God. I believe that with all my heart. But I want to show you this uh, evaluation of your life. He said he wanted you to present your body a living sacrifice. So in other words, if God commanded and beseeched and begged you and pled with you, like Brother uh, Blaine's already mentioned, uh, that's what we ought to be. We ought to be living sacrifices. We ought to be uh, living but dead to self and dead to this world and dead to the passion of this world. And we need to realize that there's some things about our sacrifice that measure us. You know, there's two words that's cut out of the Christian's dictionary in these uh, uh, latter times, and that is service and sacrifice. There's little service and there's little sacrifice. We've got to get back to serving God. I was talking to a preacher today, and I said, you know, I just feel so sorry that we can't pick up these kids. And he said, well, I've got a solution for you. I will, I will personally mail every child in your church a mailbox club because we're not doing it to the prisons. And you can personalize it if you can get people in your church to grade them. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that we grade those Bible studies. And we can send our children through a, and all he needs is the ages. There's age, age uh, uh, material. I mean, like first graders and third graders and fifth graders. It's on their level. And I think that's a great thing to do is have a home Bible study and then go by and help them and grade them and, and be a blessing. If we can't bring them here, we better take the word of God to them. Brother Petty's already started doing that. But on scriptural sacrifice, we'll, we'll just get right into this message. And as far as um, our introduction, it does not replace obedience. First Corinthians, First Samuel chapter 20, 15, verse 22 says uh, that obedience is better than sacrifice. And so just because we worship don't mean that we, we have to sit back and do nothing. We ought to obey God. Then number two, it'll cost you something. It will cost you something. Uh, look at 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. 2 Samuel, and I had that marked, and it's not marked anymore. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 24, some very convicting, convicting verses. It says in 2 Samuel 24, 24, And the king said unto Aruna, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee as, at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God, of that which doth not cost me nothing. Everybody's looking for a handout to give God. Don't give God your leftovers. Give God your best. Amen. So David brought, bought, bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And praise God, he gave it and built an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So it'll cost you something. Sacrifice will cost you. What are you willing to spend your life for? Better said, what are you willing to invest your life for? Some people burn out trying to get rich, and they burn out trying to uh, be a professional athlete. And folks, what really counts is what will really last. And what lasts is what's done for God's glory and, 
and it's eternal. Number C, uh, it can be expressed by a broken heart. Now that's how you can be a living sacrifice. You can get a burden. Look at Psalms 51, verse 17, please. Psalms 51, verse 17. Just an introduction with a Bible study on some of the mentions of sacrifice in the Bible. We're talking about sacrifice tonight. I've liked this topical study. I usually don't do topical studies, but this has been a, a good one to my heart. It says, The sacrifice of God, are, of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. The word despise means count as ordinary or count as little value. God will count it great, great value if you're broken about your sin. David got right with God. Saul did not get right with God. And folks, the reason is David repented, and David confessed his sin, and David turned from his sin. And if you want to see a confession of sin, look at Psalms 51 and read the whole thing sometime. Folks, it's not some little uh, uh, popping bubble gum while you come to the altar and hit a knee and say, Lord, forgive me, and I won't do it again, and you end up doing it before you get out the door. It's a contrite and brokenness about sin. It grieves you that you grieve the Holy Spirit. And uh, so, C, it is expressed by a broken heart. Then D, it should be an everyday occurrence. Romans 12, 1 inclines that you beseech, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body. And once you present your body, it's a, it's a sacrifice that um, reoccurs every day, and you become a living sacrifice. Then turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verse th uh, 15 real quick. Hebrews 13, verse 15. And I want you to see this. And I'll try to be brief tonight because I know that uh, we have no nursery tonight. No, we get spoiled not having a nursery. I'll tell you what, we're going to have that uh, as soon as it's safe. Amen. Hebrews chapter verse chapter 13, Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that in the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Thank God, friend. Uh, we ought to come to the Lord with a sacrifice of thanksgiving. We ought to be praising God. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. It's all about the grace of God. You're not in the hospital for a month. Amen. I talked to Brother uh, Austin today, and I said, when can I come see you? He said, any time. And I'm, I'm planning on going over there and, and praying with him and seeing him. But I want to tell you something. It's a miracle. The uh, ICU unit gave up on him. They said, there ain't no way he's going to make it. They wrote him off as a dead man. And thank God... 168 countries, different countries prayed for him, and God raised him up, and he's excited about doing something for God. But I want to tell you something. He's very thankful. He's got such a, a sweet and, and attitude, and you would be too. Uh, my son went through this, and they said he was negative, but I, I promise it was a false negative. And I want to tell you something. He's excited about preaching tomorrow night uh, and doing more for God. And it's just changed his whole enthusiasm for the Lord. You know, it's just wonderful what God's done in his life through sickness and through through heartache and trials. We ought to praise God that we can come out of this more close to God than when we went into it. Now, some of you are going to be casualties. Some's never going to come back. That's sad. Some are just going to get bitter and, and, and forget it all. Some's going to uh, split the church over mass or no mass. I ain't going to fight that battle, praise God. I'm just going to do what's right, do what's safe. But I want to tell you something, friend. You've got to pick your battle. Say amen. And I want to tell you something. Uh, I'm not going to die because you want to die early. But I want to tell you something. I'll die for the blood atonement. And I'll thank God we ought to, we ought to witness for Jesus with thanksgiving. And you ought to thank God for every breath. 
You ought to thank God for every day of clear lungs. You ought to thank God for every step. Every step is a blessing from God. Every, every heartbeat is a blessing from God. And we ought to be thankful, praise God, not pouting around sad and blue and looking at the glass half empty. Praise God, it's half full. And by the, only, by the grace of God, you got a glass. Amen? You could be drinking out of a paper cup or drinking out of a gutter or not drinking at all. Say amen, all the water polluted. And we look at ourselves and say, oh, I don't got what the Joneses got. I don't like what they got. Listen, get off that. Just get grateful for what God's given you. Amen? And then last but not least, sacrifice pleases God. Look at verse 16, Hebrews 13, same chapter. It says, but to do good and to communicate, communicate forget not, for with such sacrifice, God is well pleased. Did you hear that? That means worship. That means praise. That means thanksgiving. That means coming into the courts with thanksgiving. Amen. There's a sweet spirit in this place tonight. I just feel it. Amen. I, I don't go by feelings, and sometimes my feelings will deceive, deceive myself. But this is, a, this is a happy spirit tonight. This is a peaceful spirit. And you say, well, you're the only one who got it because I feel like a dog. Well, I'm, uh, don't tell me that, amen, and don't look like one. Just go ahead and rejoice in the Lord, amen. So it pleases God. But I want to go to Romans chapter 12, and I want you to see, uh, and I thought Brother uh, Blaine was going to uh, preach my message, but that's why I gave him 10 minutes so he could introduce it. <laughs> no, not really. Amen. I need a 10-minute preacher for next week, amen. Uh, somebody in here better volunteer now. I got I to gotta get it lined up. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. I want you to underline that. The mercies of God. We are debtors. You're in debt, and you can't pay your way out. Jesus paid it all. Amen? All to him I owe. You're a debtor to God for his mercy in providing salvation at the cost of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Next slide, brother. I want you to know you're a debtor, without a doubt. And folks, we ought to realize that he paid the debt for us. Hey, if somebody paid all your debts off, wouldn't you at least write them a letter? I hope you would. All you college students got those debts that you can't, you can't even get a career to, to pay for. Uh, what if somebody just paid it off? Would you be excited about it? Would you be indebted to them? I'm not talking about entitled government uh, stuff where you feel like you uh, got to vote for them if they'll give you more. But I'm talking about truly grateful. And then you're a debtor for a host of cons uh, uh, sub subsequent uh, mercies. Every day, every breath, every blessing, every prayer answered, every family member got saved. Think about that. Some of your family members have been saved this year. I said about that young man named Jesus that got assurance of salvation. Literally, Jesus got assurance of his salvation in this place. Amen. I mean, that's a pretty good church. Amen. It was, his name's really Jesus. But I want to tell you something. He comes in here, and I tell you, it encourages me the way he listens. And they all come out of the Catholic church where it was dead as a doornail, and they couldn't even understand the Latin. And they just seen old-fashioned Bible preaching, and the guy's soaking it up. I mean, just leaning forward and getting every, every word. And that's the way we ought to be, folks. It's the mercies of God that we have the Word of God. And then see, it's in the light of this tremendous debt that you're made uh, to uh, make a, that you, are, you should be a total committed vessel because of love. 
that you are made a total love commitment to God. You are the living sacrifice. Not that you're going to give something. You're going to give yourself first. Get in the plate before you give an offering. First give yourself to the Lord. Amen? And I want to tell you this, friend. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, all that he's done for you, all that he's going to do for you, all that he did this day for you, you ought to present your body a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, crucified with Christ, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then be not conformed to this world. Why are we living for the world? The world's done nothing for us like Jesus has. And be not conformed to this world and don't be transformed uh, by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the word of God. That ye may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, prove me now. That I'll not pour out the, the, uh, uh, the windows of heaven on your life. That I'll rebuke the devourer for you. Amen. If you'll put him first, but not that you'll put him first, but you'll let him be who he is through you and die to self. One time I asked Dr. Lee Robinson after I took him home and he prayed for me and me and Miss Connie was in the back seat with Miss, Mrs. Robinson. It was a great trip if I had to miss dinner on the grounds because he wouldn't stay. And I remember I said, Brother Robinson, what's the difference in one man of God and another great man of God? He says, the mount of dying to self. I'll never forget that. He just said it's the amount of dying, death to self. Death to self. Have faith in God, but die to self. And I thought, man, what a blessing that is. And so the sacrifice, number two, Brother Cody, is your sacrifice is a commitment that is regardless of cost. It's voluntarily. You know, sacrifice, if you have to do it, it's not really a sacrifice. You willingly give. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present Present, present your, yourself. You ought to present yourself. You ought to show up for duty, soldier. You ought to yield your body, which is not your own. It's a tool of God. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're not your own, praise God. And so we're motivated by love, number three. You ought to be motivated by love. And then the whole burnt offering, it should be holy. And, and, and folks, it says, you know, it didn't say partial. It said living sacrifice. That's the whole life, our whole life. It's not asking too much to give your whole life to Christ. The Christian life is not just Wednesdays and Sundays. Now, we can't even, now we're going to have three services today. It's not just come to three services. It's giving your life as a servant. I hate to use this word, as a slave to Jesus. And then it's an act of worship. It's an act of worship. You can just see that present a holy sacrifice. And then that permanent sacrifice is positive and dynamic. Once you lay yourself on the altar, I'm telling you something, and you truly present your body, your life will never be the same because the Holy Spirit will remind you every day of that time you presented your body. I did that when I was 18 years old. I fooled around all my teenage life going to the church for the girls and going for the church for Dayton and going for the church to cut up and going for the church for me and going to church when I didn't even want to go to church because mama made me. She drugged me to church. Thank God. She said, you ain't going to turn out like your sorry daddy. You're going to church. She'd rip off the sheets and make me get up after a long night of sin. And Boy, thank God I got saved. Thank God at 18 I presented my body a living sacrifice. 
That very night, down in Claxton, Georgia, a pastor announced that I was going to be the youth pastor of that new church. That was amazing to me. I never had any training to be a youth pastor. He just saw what God was using me as a Sunday school teacher and, and uh, broke my leg and couldn't do anything for a summer. So I did a gym program and started a Jesus Always Mine, which is a Bible study, and uh, 12 young people got saved during that summer. He heard about all that. I didn't tell him, but God had told him. And I got in the ministry, Brother Steve. I wasn't even qualified. I had to train and under a great man of God after two years of, of one that wasn't so great. And thank God the Lord used, used that through great tribulation to remind me of that Sunday night that I said, Lord, everything that I am is yours. And then I want to close by saying sacrifice means self-denial. Sacrifice means self-denial. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. I love love this verse. Uh, it's a challenging verse. And it's a verse that you cannot live without the Holy Spirit living it through you. But this is the Christian life. You want to measure your Christian life? I want to ask you a question. Are you carrying a cross? Are you denying yourself? And are you following Him? If not, you're backslidden. And so am I. In Luke chapter 9, I want you to look at verse 23, please. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, the Bible says this. It says, and he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. See, it's an attitude of self-denial. Number B, it's, it, takes, it takes, you take up the cross. And the cross is not rheumatism in your right knee. It's a, it's a ministry. It's willing to die. That's what cross bearers meant. They're going to the cross. They're going to die. It's proof of discipleship. Ready to follow no matter what the cost. Are you ready to follow no matter what the cost? That's discipleship. There is a cost to discipleship. We need to count the cost. And that cost is denying yourself, picking up the cross, and following God no matter where. That's why I love missionaries so much. Because they're willing to go anywhere and go to some places that nobody wants to go. And it's not easy. Uh, number D, we need to be watchful for the opportunities to obey God no matter the cost. You need to be watchful. You need to be ready. God's going to open some doors. And I want to tell you something. You shouldn't have to be begged to serve God. You ought to want to serve God. You ought to be a willingness about you. I'm going to stop apologizing for begging people to go visit because I want to tell you, that's your, own, that's your reasonable service. To be a disciple, that's your reasonable service. To be a cross bearer, that means your reasonable service. That's self-denial. And that's shame. The world will think you're crazy. And I'll tell you what, the world's thinking Christians are crazy. And they're trying to mark out all the Christian heritage in our nation. And I don't think they're going to do it. Because I think there's some Christians that will stand as we stood in the past. But I want to close by turning to Leviticus chapter 8. And I want to show you the true picture of a sacrifice, of becoming a consecrated, I didn't say concentrated, it's hard enough to concentrate, I'm talking about consecrate. The, the, the Leviticus chapter 8, excuse me, Leviticus chapter 8, and I want you to look at it real quick, and folks, and, and it goes along with my favorite verses about 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20, what know you not that your 
your uh, temple is the temple of the Holy Ghost, that you're, that you're a tabernacle of the Holy Ghost, and that you're not your own. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit. Little s, that means disposition. A lot of us need a disposition check, say amen. We're going around grumpy and gripey and naggy and sad and blue and down and depressed. Folks, I, nobody wants that kind of life. You need to be a witness of God's peace, God's joy, God's power, God's courage in these last days. And I believe we're in the last days. And so we'll get to 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20 in just a minute. But I want you to see this very clearly. The beautiful, beautiful picture of four sacrifices in this chapter. Number one, look at verse 18. Verse 18, the Bible says this, And he brought the ram for a burnt offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram, the burnt offering. And he killed it, and Moses sprinkled the blood upon the altar round about, and he cut the ram into pieces, don't you, aren't you glad we don't have to worship like that right now? Boy, the janitor quit. And he cut the ram into pieces, and Moses burnt the head and the pieces in the fat offering. Now look at verse 21. It says, And he washed the inward and the legs in water, and Moses burnt the whole ram upon the altar. And it was a burnt sacrifice for a sweet savor, and the offering made by the fire unto the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. And he brought the other ram... That's the third uh, sacrifice. And the ram of consecration, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram, and he slew it, and Moses took of the blood of it and put it upon the tip of Aaron's right ear, upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. Now what kind of sacrifice is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's a sacrifice of consecration. Consecration means total commitment. Total surrender. It means dying to self and being a priest unto God. And we're all called to be priest unto God. I see the first offering in this, um, in this uh, uh, verse, and it's found in verse um, 17 and 18. Uh, it was a bullock. That was a big offering. And folks, that was for the sin offering. That was to atone for sin. Listen, you'll never be his servant and you'll never die to self until you accept the ultimate sacrifice of Calvary. You must be saved, amen? You'll be set apart for holy service. And then we see the second um, sacrifice was a sacrifice of a ram. And that uh, pictures acceptance and come into his presence. And then the third one is another ram. And it's offered made, uh, the ram is slain, and, and, and Moses takes the blood and puts it on the priest-to-be's right thumb and his, and his right earlobe and his right big toe. And folks, you need to realize what this, that, that pictures. It pictures that I'm bound by love, I'm constrained by love. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. And I present my body a living sacrifice to God. And that, folks, listen, uh, no longer, no longer uh, do I hear just voices. I hear God's voice. It's sanctified hearing. You listen for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You, you. you listen and believe the Word of God is God's Word. That is a presenting yourself a sacrifice. And then we see uh, he put the blood on the, the right thumb. That represents the will of God, His will. 
you know, when you do something with your hands, it's, it speaks of strength. And it speaks of, uh, of, of uh, you know, right hand means strength. And folks, the first bullock was a, a sin offering. The second ram was an offering to be accepted. And the third ram is, a, is, the, is the altar, uh, is a sacrifice of consecration. And it stands for this, that I'm offering in love what I hear. My, my mind's no longer my own. What I do, my will's no longer my own will. You say, that's carrying it a little too far, isn't it? No, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your body a living sacrifice. You're not your own. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are the Lord's. This is the ultimate Christian life. And then, no longer is my walk my own. And so hereafter, my ears, my mind, my hands, my will, my walk, my feet belong exclusively to God. And since I have been accepted in Christ, I present my body, my will, my mind, my walk, my everyday living, uh, uh, the, 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 the path of my life, the journey of my life, I give to you as a priest, interceding for everyone else and, and, and ministering unto the Lord and, and claiming that all that I do is holy unto Him. So it starts... A, with love. We're constrained by his love, Brother Cody. And then the consecration is based on the right divine prerogative. You know what that is? God owns you. God owns you. Aren't you glad God owns you? You're just a steward. You're just a manager. Turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'll close with this. It says, what? Good question. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Hey, Jesus lives within you. His spirit abides in you. And he shouldn't just be resident. He ought to be president. He ought to be king and Lord. And he ought to run your life. And your mind's not your own. Your ears are not your own. Your intake's not your own. Your will's not your own. Your feet's not your own. Your travel's not your own. Your life is not your own. You said, that's carrying it too far, preacher. Jesus said, I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, that you present your body, your life. And it says, it's the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye are, have of God. You know what that's saying? Everything you've got is of God. You would have sense to get out of bed if it wasn't for God. And you wouldn't have the energy to do it. And you know what's so sad? I mean, this is so sad. That our world shaking their fist at God saying, I don't like the sex. I don't like the gender that I've been created. And I'm going to shake my fist and I'm going to mutilate my body to look like something that I wasn't created and act like something. Folks, that's abomination of God. This, this homosexual movement, this transgender movement is a slap in God's face. It's wicked from the pit of hell. It's abomination. It's wicked. Wasn't Adam and Steve, it was Adam and Eve. You don't like that, brother, but I'll use it anyway. Amen. Praise God. He, he said, don't put, me in, don't put me in that sentence. Amen. I guarantee you, I'm talking about Brother Steve over there. Amen. Somebody's got to talk about him. But listen, folks, listen. God help us to see how mutilated and, and distorted and, and perverted it is for man to say that they're going to choose what they are. 
And then they're going to redefine marriage and say that women can be with women and men with men work, working that which is unseemly. Folks, that's disgusting. That's sin. And there's an agenda. Yes, there is. It's not just Black Lives Matter. No, sir. I believe that they matter. I believe every soul matters. Red, yellow, black, and white. Why would I send my daughter to South Africa and only see her every four years if I didn't love black folk? Folks, I want to tell you something. There's a perversion behind the scene that's trying to overtake America. It's an agenda of wickedness and a perversion of transgender. And folks, I want to tell you something. It's in their statement of purpose. It's in their statement of purpose. You say, I don't like that. I don't care if you like it or not. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. That's what, that's what you, you look it up on their webpage and see what their statement of purpose is and what they're standing for. And it's perverted. It's wicked. It's abominable. They said in their statement of faith, statement of faith, statement of organization, we are going, we are opposed the nuclear standard family in America. That was their statement of purpose, Brother Randy. That means they're against what God has said about the family. Oh, wake up. Everybody's so concerned about the virus. You better get concerned about the violence against God's plan. And folks, his plan is for you to die to self, be a vessel of God. And I mean, be submissive. Be submissive. What God's created you to be, be it to the ultimate. He's called you to be a woman, be a woman. He called you to be a man, be a man. He's called you to be the husband of one wife, be that husband. Good gracious. Is there not an agenda going on around America today? And folks, it's, it's a shaking of the fists of God. But I want to tell you something, just as, I shouldn't say just as wicked, but as wicked. It's when we say, Lord, you do not, you do not have a right to tell me what to do. You have no right to tell me to submit to some pastor that's, that's trying to protect his flock. You have no right, the Holy Spirit, oh God Almighty, to tell me that I need to be a missionary, or I need to be a preacher, or I need to be a woman, or I need to be a man, or I need to be a good daddy, or I need to be a good mom, I need to be a good uh, uh, Christian. You have no right. That's rebellion. And it's a sin of witchcraft. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a judgment upon someone that gets off the altar tries to live their own rebellious life. We must understand this, that we're not our own. Look at this, for we're bought with a price. Now, we don't have any idea what that means. We really don't. But they did. If you'll study history, you'll understand that slavery was a problem in the Roman Empire. And they, they, they didn't bid on flour and milk and eggs. They just sold that but they bid it on human beings. And they put them on a slave market. They put them on an auction block. And they auctioned them off to the highest bidder to be their slaves. That's ungodly. I'm against that. You better believe I am. But I want to tell you this, friend. This picture is that God came along and he said, I bid. I give you my son, Jesus Christ. Going once, 
going twice, going three times. They almost raised the banner, sold to the slave driver, sold to the, sold to the emperor. But I want to tell you something, and I want to tell you the truth. God intervened in the slave market and set them free. I want to tell you something, friend. This women's lib movement and all this anti-slavery movement stuff, just look to the Bible. Jesus set us free. Galatians made women equal. They were treated like slaves before Jesus came along. I mean, like Middle East, man. They had to walk 10 steps behind and do what the man said. My wife walks 10 steps behind too because she can't keep up. But anyway, I'm trying to slow up, amen. And I'm going to slow up. If she keeps kicking me, I know I'm going to slow up. But anyway, she knows who the head of the house is, praise God. But no, wait a minute. I'm just saying this. I want to say it clearly. Jesus bought us, redeemed us, set us free. And when he gets us home, he said, would you please love me? Will you please listen to my word? Will you please let me teach you to be like me? It wasn't slavery. It was, it was emancipation. It was liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. I should have saved this for July 4th. Praise God. I'm just saying, friend, what? Know ye not that your body is a, a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in, in your body and your spirit, your disposition, which are God's. In other words, these hands are not my own. These ears are not my own. This brain is not my own. These feet are not my own. My heart is not my own. My 69 years that God's given me is not my own. It's only my reasonable service that I give it all to God and get on the altar and let God consecrate me and apply the blood and apply the oil, apply the spirit, and, and, get, and anoint me to be a servant. Father, in Jesus' name, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for the privilege of being your slave, because your slaves are free. God, thank you for helping us, Lord, to realize the greatest sacrifice was Calvary. We're not our own because of it. We're set free off the auction block of sin. And God, it's a privilege to be called to be God's slave. It's the highest honor in the world because, Lord, you don't beat us down. You don't abuse us. You don't misuse us. You set us free to be all that we should be for your glory and your honor. God, help us to measure our little old life by our sacrifice to Thee. Oh God, help us to have all on the altar of sacrifice laid. God, help us to lay everything on the altar tonight, whether it's in the pew or wherever we're at, and just give it all. And Lord, You promised us that You'd get the glory and you get the praise. And that's the ultimate reason for us to be alive. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just real quick. How many say, Preacher, tonight? I want to present my body afresh and anew. I want to present my mind. 
I'm going to present my talents, my time to God as a living sacrifice. I really want to present my, my life. I want to present what's left of my life. I ain't got but a few years left. Some of y'all got many, many years left. You're just teenagers. You're just graduates. You're just young singles. You're young. You're very young. Thank God for you, so many young people being here tonight. Boy, if you presented your life right now, I'm going to tell you what God will do. He'll equip you and bless you and use you for His redounding glory. He'll give you what you need to glorify God. Don't you shake a fist at God and say, you know, who, who, who created you. Don't you shake your fist at God and say, I don't like who I am. I'm going to change my life. Just surrender your life and God will fill you to fulfillment and also fill you to overflowing. What a wonderful life. How many say, preacher, God spoke to me through the message tonight and I thank God for it. I'm willing to present more of my life or all of my life to God tonight. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? Or don't do it flippantly. I know you won't. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. So many young people here, so many teenagers raising their hand. I wish I'd have done it when I was young and not wasted so many years, Brother Blaine, so many years of living for my little old self. What I can get out of life and what I wanted. Spoiled child. That's what I was. God set me free from myself the night that I laid on the altar and said, Lord, you got me. Lock, stock, and barrel. I ain't much, but whatever I got, you got it. Boy, God began to open doors. Here I am, pastoring this church 42 years later. It's, a, it's amazing to me. It's amazing that God would do that for me. Give me the privilege of being his servant, his servant leader. Father, use the message, use the invitation. God, use your Holy Spirit to travel home with us and help us to realize how much we need to present how much we need to be a sacrifice, and how we need to measure our life by the amount that we've sacrificed for you. We're going to praise you and thank you for using this message to help us reevaluate and recommit and stay on the altar of sacrifice for you. We thank you in Jesus' name for your glory we preach.